Listener Production. Hi, I'm Sasha Barbagat here with you for today's extra episode of The Briefing. We've learned today that a man in the US has been charged in relation to the deadly William Biller massacre almost a year ago that saw two Queensland police constables and a civilian shot dead on a remote property. Their murderers, Gareth, Nathaniel and Stacey Train, were killed in the resulting standoff with officers. In the months following, it was revealed the trio had been religiously motivated to carry out their attack, which was planned in advance of the December 12 siege. The trains had been radicalised after discovering the idea of premillennialism, a belief system with roots in Christianity that predicts Jesus Christ will return to earth before the next millennium, sparking the end times. The man charged in the US, Donald Day Jr., is a YouTuber who subscribes to the end of day's ideology and became acquainted with the trains online after they engaged with his content, according to a police investigation. He's now facing a charge of inciting violence in connection with the tragedy at William Biller. Today on this extra episode of The Briefing, I'm joined by Dr Gerard Gill, who has written about premillennialism and Australian extremism to try to better understand the ideology and why it's inciting people to violence. Dr Gerard Gill, thanks for joining us on The Briefing today. First off, can you explain to us what premillennialism is? Premillennialism is an eschatological belief within Christianity that involves the second coming of Christ and a kind of transformational time with the rapture, etc., all the stuff in Revelation happening on Earth that will be followed by a golden age of utopia. Mm-hmm. Okay. What sort of followers is it attracting and how are they then radicalised? The trains and Donald Day are... Within Australia, quite a special case, as far as I know, in terms of their very specific focus on premillennialism and uh, Christianity, but within the wider kind of right-wing conspiracist movement, you do have very strong strains of Christian and spiritual belief that kind of points towards end times in a great battle between good and evil. You look at some of the things that Donald Day has been saying about the World Health Organization, for instance, um, police and authorities, this type of stuff comes up in the wider freedom movement quite a bit. There is some variance as to whether people want to use terms like devils to refer to it and how much religion comes into it, but it's definitely there in a lot of strands of the freedom movement. How did Gareth, Nathaniel and Stacey Train end up part of this belief system? That I do not know. I know that they have been talking to Donald Day for a few years. I think two years about is what the police reports have said. When the um, inquest comes out with more of their kind of social media footprint, that will be very interesting to see a lot of this kind of premillennial thought and millenarian thought in general has really been kicked off by crises that we've seen, COVID-19 and the response to COVID-19. We've seen a huge backlash to that and what that does to human cognition and human mental health is something I don't think we've really collectively 
contended with enough in terms of the collective trauma and the way that it throws people into really looking for meaning and certainty and certain people will find that in conspiracy theories. Mm, Yeah, I want to expand on that a little bit and speak kind of generally about the type of people who are coming to this belief system of premillennialism. Paint us a picture of who the ordinary person who might be coming to be radicalised by these beliefs is. Why is it so attractive to them, this idea, and how are they then kind of falling down the rabbit hole and becoming so deeply involved in it? That's a difficult question to answer. It seems to be affecting a lot of people and you can see it happen very quickly in some instances. What I would say is that being at a kind of juncture in your life, being at a turning point, having your life stability rocked a little bit is a good time for either people to come in and start working on you with these narratives or for these narratives to just find you. And I think that's what's happened to a lot of people because we have had situations, natural disasters, including COVID-19 in the past few years, not to mention the economic fallout that are really putting people in that position. Why are they turning in some instances to violence? Like, what is it about premillennialism that is driving its supporters, some of its supporters, to this extreme level? Premillennialism sits within a wider category of millenarianism, which is a term that refers to the belief in a massive transformational event in the world. You see it within Nazism some strands of communism, you see it within many cults like Om Shinrikyo would be a classic example. In terms of why it turns violent, it's very difficult to predict many millenaria movements will not turn violent. At the same time, there is a tendency there, which is why organised religion has generally discouraged this kind of thinking. But some things that will cause it to be more likely to become violent will be things like if the belief structure has an active role for its adherence within what they think is going to happen. If you have the narrative is usually going to be a big battle between good and evil, but whether the mm. big change comes through divine inf- intervention or through followers doing things. If there's an active role, then obviously there is a part for people to play. And also we're looking at exactly how the outgroup is defined. And this is always a concern with what we've been seeing because we're seeing an outgroup that is defined as incredibly evil. We have literal devils in the case of a very strong Christian view like the trains, but also within the wider conspiracist movement, if they're not literal devils, they're at least satanic pedophiles and child killers. You get all this kind of stuff going along. And the World Health Organization governments and the COVID response um, is part of a huge 
massively, indescribably evil conspiracy. So if you believe that strongly, then of course there is space for you to believe that a violent reaction to it is necessary. Mm. Can we compare this movement and its followers to anything we've seen before? I think in general terms, you don't want to conflate it with QAnon too much, but to the layman, there's a lot about the structure of it that QAnon helps you kind of understand. And some of the followers are, in fact, QAnon followers as well. But the idea that there is no kind of central leader, what there is, is a central narrative, which is the belief in the globalist cabal, which have controlled everyone and are doing all these evil things, but people are waking up to it and they're going to fight the cabal. And then from that central narrative, there's all these kinds of personal beliefs or awakenings you can kind of plug into that. You might be very concerned about fluoridation of water, or you might be very concerned about 15-minute cities or cashless society, and so these will all come in, but they're all under the umbrella, but it's very participatory. And you'll have influences rather than leaders. You'll have people who have quite a kind of media presence and they'll be on Facebook Live, etc. People like Donald Day, though Donald Day is someone I had not heard of and doesn't seem to have been big here outside of the trains. Mm. It's clear that it's social media a lot of the time that is seeing the perpetuation of these beliefs. It's easy for someone in Australia to watch these videos of some guy in the US rabbiting on about it and to buy into it and to believe it. Before I let you go, Dr. Gerard Gill, I just wanted to ask uh, your understanding of how concerned authorities are about believers in premillennialism and similar sort of cults, I guess, for want of a better word. The difficult part of this is that you have this kind of social environment growing that has the potential within it for violence, but you have no specific calls for specific violent acts. And the ideology itself refers to a kind of deferred violence. There's going to be hangings once all the evildoers are overthrown. In many cases, not everyone believes that, but that is common. So it's so uncertain, and that's really a difficult place for authorities to be in because you can either start cracking down on speech and protests and stuff and then you're really kind of just reinforcing that narrative of an oppressive regime or you can take a light touch and may not be around when something like the Wim Billa massacre happens. Exactly what should be done there, I don't know. I think there is a stronger civil society role that needs to be played because you kind of need to get people out of this before anything happens. Exactly how, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of stuff that has been seen to work pretty well within cults, which is just trying to stay in contact with people, having them still have connection to the outside world, interests apart from what's going on within the movement. But I'm really not an expert in that area and wouldn't want to say too much. 
Mm. Well, it's clear that authorities have had their eye on this in in wake of this arrest of uh, Donald Day Jr. We'll have to wait and see how it all plays out, obviously. Dr. Gerard Gill, thanks for your time today and for talking to us on The Briefing. Thank you. That was Dr. Gerard Gill there, an independent researcher into Australian extremism. Thanks for listening today. That's all we have time for. The Briefing will be back in your feed tomorrow morning at 6.00.